Amen, we do. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. We are in our pathway series. Uh, last week, we talked a little bit about coupling our faith with others, David and disciples, in asking God, where is our path taking us? Where's, where's God taking us? And, and that his desire is to go on this path of deliverance, right? That there's deliverance where we go. This week, we're talking about how the path of forgiveness removes personal obstacles to get where God gives us a life of righteousness and abundance. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, in the New King James Version, it says this, and be kind one to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So for the next couple moments, we're going to talk a little bit about this pathway to forgiveness. Amen. Let's pray. Precious Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for your visitation. Thank you for the sweet sense of your presence in this place. I pray that lives are touched. Uh, if, if they've never felt this before, God, that they recognize that you are an amazing God who wants to interact with our lives. We love you. We adore you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give somebody a high five. Have a seat. It's good to have you here at LifePoint Church. So since we're talking about such a heavy uh, topic, I thought I would start with something like paintball, right? No, you're not going to be paintballing in here. Um, I, I don't know how many of you have ever gone paintballing before. Um, it, uh, it can be kind of destructive. It can cause these little red welts all over your body and uh, takes about four or five days to kind of chill out a little bit. I don't know if you've been there. I remember a couple of times, uh, one time I went and um, we were in this big open area and uh, I had a gun. It was a semi-automatic uh, paintball with a hopper on the back. And I don't know if you've ever seen those and, and they put all of the the paintballs in them, then they just fall in, and as fast as you can pull the trigger, you can, you can shoot. Anyway, so as our team and the opposing team, now we're, we're all on the same friend group, but uh, so that makes it better, you know. Hey, no, you're on that team, right? Just kidding. No, we don't do that. Anyway, um, so we're, 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 we're coming up on them, and there's these big blow-up, um, big blow-up, barriers, obstacles, and so what we're doing is we are moving up and around, and, and the opposing, the opposing team has, has created the perfect space. They, they have like four different places. They've created like this barrier. Um, they are locked in, and every time we stick our head out, you know, somebody's getting nailed with a paintball, and, and, and we recognize that, that we, it's hard for us to get in on this group. They're, they're doing so well fortifying their, their, their area and their territory. So I had this great idea, and the great idea, uh, as I'm looking at it, I realized that their only space where it's their weakest part is, is right up the middle. I know. You're scared too. I get it. Um, so I'm looking at it. I'm like, all right, if somebody can get up in the middle, then they can shoot people. That opens them up. We can all swarm. It'll be great. So I'm like, all right, here we go. I really think my brother 
this, right? Amen. Come on, right? Or my sister. And <laughs> my sister's like, absolutely, your brother. Yes. Um, but I'm realizing, you know, I've got to lead the way. We're going to do this. I tell everybody, we all have a plan. Everybody's ready. They're all poised. They got their guns. They're ready to go uh, to battle. So I'm thinking this probably isn't going to be that big of a deal. Because, one, I'm a ninja. All right? Scoff all you want. All right. And secondly, I saw the Matrix. Right? How fast can these paintballs go? Honestly. All right? So I get ready, and we get up close and everything. Well, then I start running up. It's weird to me, but those paintball bullets, missiles, if I may, were a lot faster than I expected. And I'm thinking I'm going to get a couple steps. So as I'm raising, right, my weapon, paintball gun weapon and running, I am just getting pelted. Have you ever seen somebody run in the fetal position? It's amazing. It didn't work out so much. I think every square inch of my body was filled. Um, I feel like some of them did it on purpose, honestly. But we're working through that. There's this other time that I went paintballing, and we were down in a building, a three-story building uh, on the east side. Uh, and it was a bachelor party of some sort. So there was a bunch of us guys going. And uh, it had three stories, and then it had a basement as well. I mean, it was so thick in there that as you would walk, you're walking through the paint of the former broken ones. Some of you right now are going, are we ever going to get to the message, or he's just having too much fun? I am having a lot of fun. Thank you very much. All right, but I, I'm sitting there, and, and we go through all these things. So this one time, me and my friend, we're in this, like, barricaded area that has, like, this window, okay, this window here. And what's happening as people are coming by, we're like, boom. Now, now, this was not the same kind of gun before. This is like a tube gun. You put the tube in, and it's one shot. Boof. Boof. Okay. Yeah, not fun. Anyway, so we are taking care of business. Well, I'm, poof, I'm going to step out. Poof, right? I, I'm up here. I shoot. Poof. And all of a sudden, I get rocketed right here. It still hurts to this day. And it was, it, like, it's one of those, like, I don't know if you know the rules of paintballing, but if you get hit, you're supposed to put your gun up, gun up and say, I'm done, you know, and walk out. I couldn't even think. My brain was on fire. Um, I thought I got hit by a Mack truck. I mean, it was just, and it was right there, and I'm like all dizzy and everything. Anyway, I finally get my wits about me, put my gun up, and I walk out and everything. Well, at the end of it all, we're walking out to the car, and my good friend Raymond Eldape, who was on my team, and happened to be in that barricade with me, Mm. He feels like he wants to share something. And, uh, and he had already shared one of his paintballs before. And he tells me, and I'm like, dude, why didn't you tell me, right? Like, I'm thinking, then I could have still stayed there and shot because it's friendly fire, right? But I didn't. He said, no, I wasn't going to do that. And I go, why not? He goes, because you still had a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so he, so he, I'm talking about, right? Retribution. 
I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say in all of that is sometimes the things that hurt the worst are coming from people that are closest to you, right? They are. I understand, I understand that verse that says that a brother is born for adversity, especially since I have a brother, amen. But I understand that a brother is harder to be won back than a city, right? That's what the scripture says. I'm talking about friendly fire, right? We, we, we get in a situation and uh, something goes wrong and all of a sudden something stabs you in the back or in the heart or something and, and you're in pain. And, and then we have to deal with how are we going to move forward? Now we're talking about pathways, we're talking about pathways that are going to lead to abundance, lead to righteousness, lead to life. One of those pathways is forgiveness. Like, like God has literally written it in the whole thing. He, he's kind of helped us out. Now, I want you to know something. When we first came here to LifePoint Church, I had multiple conversations with some of the leaders and everything. And I remember one of the conversations in, in, in uh, particular and I was meeting with the Showalters, um, Mike and Mary Showalter. And Amy and I were with, Amy was there. And we were, went to Culver's and we're talking. And I was sharing, and we were both sharing, but I was sharing how I want this church to be a refuge. A, a place where people can come in and it's a safe space. Yeah. A place where there's, no judgment, a place that there's, we're staying away from politics, right? All that kind of stuff. I wanted it to be that way. And because I know that there's a lot of people, and I knew that there was a lot of people that had gotten hurt by other pastors or other churches, you know, church hurt in the area, and, and yet they weren't in church. And I wanted them to have a place that would be, you know, of course we're all fallen and and we're a bunch of people, and uh, there's going to be issues, of course, but I wanted to minimize as much as I could, right? I think whenever I see an article of a minister who does something horrible, it pains my heart. It pains my heart for the person, of course, that it happened to, or persons. But it pains my heart because of all that are watching as well. Because the one institution that God created to reach the world, the church, now has a black eye. And so how do we lead? How do, how do we move forward? How do we do that? And, and I'm saying that it has to be biblical forgiveness. Right? I mean, if we're, if we're really going to capture what God is trying to do in our own lives, in the life of the church, I think we need to do that. Forgiveness is one of the tools that actually allow us to move forward, to advance. Unforgiveness gums up our hearts, it, it creates havoc of our mindsets, creates havoc of our social life. Well, I can't be in that group or perceived to be in that group because they're probably all talking about me and sometimes that happens, right? Unforgiveness messes with our spirituality too. 
It does. Adds holes. It scars. You know what else unforgiveness does? Unforgiveness makes our eternal future in jeopardy. See, that's, that's why we got to look at this. You get what I'm saying? I don't know if you've ever seen, have you ever witnessed the insurance ads with uh, mayhem? Yeah. Right? It's this guy, he's in a suit, and he has like this little, you know, some sort of Band-Aid on him, and he's either on the top of a roof while it's raining, and then it crashes, or he's, he's on your windshield as you're driving and trying to block your view, right, uh, causing mayhem how things can go wrong, and, and the point of the insurance ad, of course, is that if you have them, then you can get past what mayhem does. God has likewise given us an opportunity to overcome barriers and obstacles to our path towards righteousness and abundance. And so as we begin unpacking unfor or forgiveness and how much it does for us, let's not forget that it is very much so a value of the kingdom mindset to think of others first. This should not be considered the only reason why we do it for us. That's not the only reason why we do forgiveness. Because that would negate what forgiveness and Christ's sacrifice as in some way tainted, as, as some form of self-serving at some core motivation, but that's not true. Forgiveness is an act of serving just like Christ. I read an article, and it's called Why Forgiveness is a Gift You Give Yourself is a Dangerous Myth, okay? And, uh, and it gave six things biblical forgiveness does. Are you ready? One, forgiveness is a gift to the offender. Uh, some of us don't like that, right? It hurt us. Forgiveness redeems and heals the past rather than erases it. I like that. Biblical forgiveness is required. Biblical forgiveness humbles the forgiver. Mm. Biblical forgiveness frees you to love the offender. And biblical forgiveness is concerned with the well-being of all people, especially the guilty and the needy. This article caused me to pause a little bit, right? We're on this path to righteousness and abundance, right? Deliverance, forgiveness, and how important that is. There's the story Chuck Swindle reports that a seminary student in Chicago faced a forgiveness test. And although he preferred to work in some kind of ministry, he actually got a job uh, driving a bus on the south side of Chicago. And so one day, a gang of tough teens got on board and, and refused to pay the fare. And after a few days of this, the seminarian spotted a policeman on the corner, went, reported 
what these gangsters or this gang of teens were doing. And uh, the police officer, um, he pressed charges and the gang was rounded up. Um, made them pay. Um, then what happened is the, the gang uh, found out when the seminarian would get off of work, they robbed him and they beat him severely. So then charges were pressed and, and they were found guilty. But as soon as the jail sentence was given, the young Christian saw the spiritual need and felt pity for them. So he asked the judge if he could serve their sentences for them. The gang member and the judge was dumbfounded. And he answers, he says, it's because I forgive you, he explained. Now his request was denied, but he visited the young men in jail and he led several of them to faith in Christ. Now, we all have these forgiveness tests of some degree, and, and if you haven't, I promise you they're coming. But this test made me ponder why it is we need to pass these tests. <clears throat> why would we have to do that? <clears throat> I mean, why can't we just be a part of the Justice League? Right? I mean, why, is any a God of justice? Can I get an amen? Right? Right? Why can't we just compound on that? Why can't we just, why can't we, re re we retaliate? Why is that a thing? And I'll tell you why. Because sometimes we can't be paid back what was taken from us. Think about that. There's no way that that person who destroyed your reputation or killed your child or... I, I, think, I think that's probably the reason that scripture that says vengeance is mine, I will repay. And many times we kind of push it all together. But I wonder if it means vengeance is mine, right? God created life, can take life, do all that stuff. But maybe the I will repay has to do with that only he can refill up your heart. He can only bring healing. Mm. Huh. Mm. This whole book known as the Bible is built on the key value of forgiveness. Our creator has done this and has asked us to, Ephesians 4, 32, our opening scripture, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. It's about being like Christ. I think about one of the most tragic, yet in my mind inspiring stories in the Bible is it goes like this. Someone gets bad things against them, is betrayed and lied about, their freedom is taken away, and through this person's faith in, in God and their own character, they stay true to their identity in God, and God steps in with a miraculous power, and, and ultimately that person rises to the top and gets opportunities and the power to face their accusers, and then he brings healing and points his people on the path to their divine destiny. Right, I'm talking about Joseph. Right? Joseph 
had all these opportunities and, and the failings and, and things that came against him. As I'm reading through this at the end of, at the end of Genesis, I'm, I'm hurting for this guy, right? But then we come to this moment, this moment where, where Joseph is standing in front of all of his brothers. He's had them seated by their age. Um, it has been a journey to get all of them there, right? Remember, Benjamin wouldn't come, and so he had to do some finagling to get that whole thing happen. Um, so they're all there, and he has this moment in front of them, and, and they realize that this is Joseph, right? And watch this in, in Genesis 45, 5 through 8. Watch this. He says, but now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Hmm. For these two years, the famine has been in the land and there are still five years in which they will be neither plowing or harvesting. And here it is again, God sent me before you to preserve a posterity, which means life, right? Or living for you in the earth and to save your lives by the great... He was listening last week to Pathways for Deliverance sermon last. No, this is 15 years ago, 1,500 years ago. Stop, all right. Two, or, sorry, 2,500 years ago. All right, here we go. <laughs> so now it was not you who sent me here, watch this, but God. And he made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Wow, Right? I mean, he, he's saying, I, I'm supposed to be here. Don't feel bad about it. I'm supposed to be here. And then what happens after that? What happens after? He calls his brothers to come up, right? And they all weep together. There's this, this moment of healing that begins to happen from that. In the Life Application Commentary, it said this about this portion of Scripture. It said, the words God sent me, is the central message of the account of Jacob's family. 37, uh, chapter 37, verse 2. As the Lord had told Abraham he was leading visual lights into Egypt, uh, chapter 15, verse 13. God sent Joseph to Egypt to prepare for his family's rescue during the famine. Now, watch what this commentary says. In what was has become a classic statement of God's sovereignty. Joseph explained that God has been working through all the circumstances and human acts to bring about his plan. The certainty of God's will is the basis for forgiveness and reconciliation. And with those who do wrong, cause hurt, or bring harm. If people do not believe that God is sovereign, then they will blame others and retaliate while those who are spiritual, this is so good, will trust that God is at work even through human wickedness. Hmm. Reminds me of another scripture. All things work together for good for them that love God and work according to his purpose. See, the forgiveness test has a lot to do with living out God's plan 
even when you're faced with adversity. And in this context, we're talking about unforgiveness, an offense, a pain or suffering that we're holding or carrying. The enemy, I want you to know, would love to derail what God is doing. This is why he pushed to kill Jesus. Of course, Jesus turned the plan on its ear and became the banner for redemption for all, again. But forgiveness and reconciliation. I love what David said in Psalms 86.5. He says, for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy, watch this, to all, not some, to all those who call upon you. Another one in Psalms 103, uh, 11 and 12 says, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Forgiveness, reconciliation. I mean, the whole crucifixion was about putting God's plan as a demonstration. And the key to our restoration That also gives clarity as to some of his scriptures that encourage and even command. Right? Matthew 18, 21, Peter says, How often should I forgive a brother who sins against me? Up to seven times? No, 70 times seven. Right? We know that one. Here's the other one that I think it hurts us a little bit or we grapple with a little bit. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 14, your heavenly father will forgive you if you forgive those who sin against you. But if you refuse to forgive them, he will not forgive you. If I'm honest, I had a problem with that. But God, don't you know, right? And then everybody points me back to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But now I realize that there's something more to it. That, that forgiveness allows me to stay on the course of the divine destiny that God has for us. Amen. And the plan that he has for his church and for his people. See, forgiveness isn't just about me anymore. It's not just about me moving forward anymore. It's now about being a part of the big destiny and the plan that God has for us. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Right? See, this is the big picture. So one reason we forgive is to, because our Lord Jesus Christ does. Um, because he's sovereign, because it moves forward his plan and his destiny. But remember, we're talking about pathways that lead to our life in abundance as well. The pathway of forgiveness also allows us to move forward to exhibiting God's character, but also not gumming up our hearts. Not a, 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 hopefully allowing us to have peace and clear vision. It's like two birds with one stone, so to speak. Martin Luther King wrote this. This is so cool. He said... Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. See, the more we allow things that others populate our minds or offenses, it continues to consume us. Has anybody ever stayed up all night Retalking through the conversation that you had? Yeah. It consumes us. It creates a shadow that we live under. 
It becomes a way of life and begins heaping up more broken relationships, more isolation, more running, more bitterness. That's, that's if we retaliate that with unforgiveness with unforgiveness or an offense with an offense. There was a couple, a married couple for 15 years, been having more than, un, more than usual disagreements and they wanted to make their marriage work and agreed an idea that the wife had. And for one month, they planned to drop a slip into the fault box. Now, um, the boxes would provide a place to let the other know their daily irritations and the wife was diligent in her efforts and approach, leaving the jelly top off the jar. Wet towels on the shower floor. Dirty socks, not in the hamper, right before the hamper. On and on into the end of the month. And after dinner, at that end of the month, they exchanged boxes. The husband reflected on what he had done wrong. Then the wife opened her box and began reading. And they were all the same. The message on each slip was, I love you. See, I'm telling you that if you go down the path of criticism and keeping score, your life will be unhappy, you will lack peace, and you'll live in a lifestyle of victimhood. Ain't no Christian need to live like that. I'm, listen, I'm not saying that we need to minimize the offense or the hurt that came against us. I, in fact, I'm not even saying you should have some type of false faith to forgive. Oh, I'm just going to be generous. and No, it, it needs to be a real thing. We, we need to look at the alternative as our bearing point. And, and here's something I want you to consider. What do I become if I forgive? What do I become if I don't forgive? That should be our bearing points. Where does this path lead? Hey, all right. Look at what happened to Judas. He betrayed Jesus. We, we know the story. It's coming up. Easter's coming up. He's literally at the table, about to betray Jesus. Jesus says, by the way, somebody's going to betray me, right? There's only 12 of them there, all right? You get what I'm saying. It's not like he was missing out. And then he said, by the way, the person that's going to betray me is going to dip at the same time I'm going to dip. Come on now, right? I mean, so it's out there, right? So here's Judas. He betrays Jesus. And he betrays his squad. His fellow disciples. And he does it for 30 pieces of silver. Now that might be a lot back then, but nevertheless, he does it. Now what is interesting is that he tried to give the silver back and undo what he had done. But he couldn't forgive himself. I'm about to get real. And I was much younger and immature. I looked at the story of Judas' betrayal as a story. Antagonist, 
protagonist. Climax, resolution. Bad guy does bad things, and it's his demise because of it. It actually hurts my brain a little bit, even to think about it. But now I think Judas How did you miss all the teaching of Jesus on forgiveness? Why did you think that there was not enough for you? I mean, in John chapter 6, Judas, all the disciples were literally there for the sermon. In John chapter 6, verse 37, where it said this, all Jesus is talking, he says, all that the Father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. I think many people are at this place. They do not think there's forgiveness for them, but they crave it. People desperately want to move forward and and listen, so does your soul. That is another reason to embrace the path of forgiveness. Let me end with a short story. You can stand. There's a Spanish story of a father and a son who had been estranged. estranged and the son ran away and the father set off to find him. He searched for months to no avail. And finally, in one desperate effort to find him, the father put an ad in the Madrid newspaper, and the ad read this, Dear Paco, meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. On Saturday. Eight hundred. Eight hundred Paco's showed up looking for forgiveness and love from their fathers. Listen, the pathway of forgiveness is here today and it's for you. I love that scripture, 1 John 1, 9. It says, confess your faults unto the Lord and he'll be faithful to forgive. There's some in this room that need forgiveness and perhaps they haven't forgiven themselves but also for those who've had others who have offended you I have a scripture for you Ephesians 4 verse 32 and be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you don't let it stick to you. Make it right. You can bring down the lights. Don't let another day or a night go by. Forgiveness heals. And it is God's focus and it helps us reach our destiny. I, my big ask is this. Get on the path to forgiveness. Forgiveness. 
whether that's for, for you right now, maybe it's for you and maybe it's for others as well, but get on the path of forgiveness and, and let's move forward, but let's do it because we want to be a part of God's divine destiny. Let me pray with you. Precious Father, I, I pray for those within the sound of my voice here today, in this room, online, and I pray, God, that you would begin to stir their hearts. Lord God, that we would embrace, Lord God, this pathway of forgiveness, and Lord, that we would do it not only in honoring of you, but honoring your plan in honoring your strength that you give in this very spiritual gift of forgiveness that you combine with us when we begin to really forgive. I pray in the name of Jesus. This altar is open. I want to invite you wherever you feel most comfortable, but let's, let's do some work today. Let's leave changed. Let's leave transformed. Let's leave with God's, God's healing touch on our lives as it touches us. Please come. Thank you.